As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Howdy, everyone. This is Arthur Staple. You're listening to No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic, about to introduce... Uh, our first guest co-host of the year. We're going to do something a little bit different this season with some great co-hosts that are going to do a few shows with us each month. Uh, And our first one we're really excited about. First, I want to say No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. And now to introduce our guest co-host for the month of October to get started with this Islanders season, Former 34-goal scorer with the Islanders, also a two-time 20-goal scorer with the hated Rangers, but uh, a fixture on the New York hockey scene for a long time in the 2010s, it's Michael Grabner. Grabs, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. guess I'm the first one, eh? You are the first one, the debut guest co-host for the 21-22 season. So that not only means that you're going to tell us some funny stories about your time with the Islanders and in the league, you may have to watch a few Islander games now. I don't know if that's going to cramp your style, but uh, you know a lot more about them, I think, than anybody else does on this show. So it'll be good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, at least I don't have any pressure because no one to compare me to, you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. The first one. First off, I know we had you on as a guest uh, last season during the the, the funky, uh, you know, pandemic shortened year. But um, what have you been up to now? Uh, and, you know, what do you thinking you know have you made your final decisions about playing uh either here or back in europe or anywhere or are you just kind of settled into your life right now uh yeah for now i think it's just settled in and just keep doing what we've been doing uh mostly kids stuff to be honest uh i helped coach my son's team a little bit we just got back from nashville on sunday uh, at a tournament there so that was a lot of fun but these kids have so many things going on it's crazy like we have another tournament coming up in Chicago, I think in November and Vegas in December and stuff. So just trying to keep busy and kind of still being around the game, obviously, and uh, just uh, yeah, having a fun with it. But for playing, I haven't really decided anything. Uh, like I said, I'm just going to go with it for now and uh, enjoying the time with the kids and the family and being around, helping out the wife at home. So <laughs> it's it's been good, though. That's good. I'm always curious, and I know, you know, from talking to players who have retired either 10 years ago or more recently, 
a lot of them get into coaching their kids. When you go to these tournaments, do you run into guys that you played against or played with? Have you had any kind of funny encounters with guys with their kids? And you say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, I ran into Bieksa actually there. So I haven't seen him since the Vancouver days. That was like 12 years ago. So uh, I ran into Darcy Horduchuk, but he lives in Arizona. So his son is on like the older team here. So he mm-hmm. was on our flight. And uh, But you definitely bump into some guys along the road here because a lot of kids are getting older and kind of in the same age group, right, when you were playing. So they're all, all over the place. Uh, I think we played against uh, a couple of Kings players last year that, that you just run into and stuff. So, yeah, you definitely meet some old faces along the road. It's it's kind of fun. That's good. That's good. It's like, uh, it's like alumni meetings or something. Um, and now I think I want to segue in since we're kind of in the middle of training camp for the NHL and obviously for the Islanders uh, to talk about training camp. And I know from talking to enough retired players that the favorite thing that they uh, – not to say that you're retired, but players who aren't playing, the one thing that they that they love the fact that they're not participating in is training camp. And is that true that everybody just dislikes training camp intensely, or is is that depending on the player? I think it's depending on the player. For me personally, I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but I felt like in my last training camp, like in my first, like it's nervous. Some people kind of like, as they get older, they don't really care, and they just kind of have that, I wish I had that, right? Like you're just going in and it's, it is whatever, just get through it. For me, it's like nerves, like the fitness test. I always wanted to do as good as I can. I don't know. It's probably just my head and like uh, something wrong in my head. But like, I felt like <laughs> when I was 32, I was walking in there. I felt like I was 18 trying to impress the coaches and like do, do my best at the fitness testing and stuff. So I never kind of got rid of this the first day kind of jitters thing. So it's definitely nerve-wracking and like obviously you have young guys coming in and like some of these some of those guys were like more almost more experienced than I was in training camp like like I said it's weird I never could get rid of that feeling of going in and trying to do the best you can right like some guys can have that where they cannot have been established in the league and kind of don't care about fitness testing or the training camp as much as just getting ready for the first game for me it was always kind of like that first I don't know, school day almost, right? Like it's it's weird to explain, but I could never get rid of that. Was there a uh, was there a player that you remember that kind of was the most like that from either from your early days in Vancouver or on through your career, even with the Islanders? Was there someone you just impressed you by the fact that they just did didn't seem to care very much and felt very confident about coming into a camp? Yeah, I think that that's a wrong word, not caring. I think they care, but they were just right. like they didn't they couldn't care they it would it didn't influence the way what they did right like for me i would wake up earlier like get a breakfast in like make sure like you know but they they still cared they just knew what to expect and kind of knew their routine and they knew they trained hard enough and it just didn't let them affect their mental side of it for me where it was all mental and like once we got to like that first game of the season that's when i kind of usually settled down and be like okay now it's like the start of the season back into a routine so but obviously, early on, it was like the, the older guys, right? Like, I was kind of was in a shift of the hockey world from, like, the old school to what it is now. So, like, the guys like Marcus Naslin, traveling my first training camp, I remember them, like, just enjoying camp and having a, and a, and a, like, having a good time with it, right? So, 
But again, I could never get to that point, unfortunately. So I was always stressed out. When uh, you kind of had a your first year as an Islander, too, it wasn't really, you know, you, you were claimed on waivers kind of towards the tail end of camp and that big waiver wash. So that you, you kind of missed that first Islander camp. So what was that like when you came in kind of after the first couple of weeks? It was nice because I had camp in Florida, obviously, and uh, <laughs> and just coming in and just worrying about hockey was kind of nice, you know, like people don't looking at you for what you did in like fitness testing or whatever, right? So, because one of the things in Florida, like we had a conditioning test and like, for me, that people don't realize is like my body is meant for like fast, right? Like fast speed, like I can go 30 seconds and then need a break and recover fast. But I sucked at the, sorry, <laughs> I did bad in the, conditioning test that's the only thing everything else that was probably top three except the running and then I really were like well what's wrong with you? you didn't run or something or you didn't you didn't condition yourself I'm like I'm like I, I I did what I do every year and I'll be ready to go in the games but so that was kind of like a, a weird experience in training camp right like um because most of my other training camps, I had to like ride bikes and stuff. So I trained for yeah. that and they had a running test. And obviously, like I said, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> what were those uh, Islander camps like uh, with with Jack and with Garth? Um, they were pretty tough uh, from what I remember. The fit honest testing, obviously, the mountain we did there. Guys kind of were dreading that. and uh, But other than that, I think... Most camps are pretty much the same. I feel like you're just trying to get your legs going, get into like the systems, get the like start teaching right away to be ready to go for the first game of the season. Obviously, the first couple of preseason games are still going to be a little bit scrambly and guys are not really on the same page. And it's more of like seeing the skill and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, for the most part, I feel like they are pretty much the same I don't know, for most teams, except like the fitness testing, obviously. that. That is different or what, what what certain teams are looking for, maybe. But but yeah, I, I remember going in, obviously signing all this stuff. Like it was a long first day usually at Islanders. <laughs> looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So it's hard to keep track of, uh, like we said, all the what's going on in, in training camps around the league and, and especially with the Islanders specifically. But they haven't changed a whole lot from last season to this season and, and obviously the success that they had uh, getting back to the conference final. When you when you watched that team play last season and in the last couple seasons, what stood out to you about about how the way the Islanders play now? Yeah, I think they've built that over the last few years, to be honest. And um, they're just a hardworking team. Uh, all their guys are buying into the system, obviously. Uh, otherwise, it 
won't work. But um, they're yeah, they're a tough team to play against, even like three, four, five years ago. So they've just been building on that, and it's gonna be definitely another tough, tough team to beat this year. So I'm gonna follow them a little closely. Obviously, the next month here, we'll be talking about them. But they have some skilled players up front, with mixed with some grid. Obviously, Marty Seeker and Clarin that line, right? So um, they're gonna be another. Another tough team this year and gonna be in up, up uh, in the mix for sure. So I'm looking forward to how they start the season. Obviously, uh, I fall a little bit. It's tougher, like you said, in training camp to keep up with things because games are not really broadcasted and all these things. So I'm um, just been reading on Twitter, but it seems like they're all buying in. They got a couple additions that should be good for them, I think, with Parisi and stuff. See how he fits in. Um, but yeah, they kept their core together. They have their studs up front still, so uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And obviously, you like you mentioned, Zach Parise signed and Zdeno Chara signed, and I feel oh, yeah, like the, the 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 you know everybody I would imagine that's played in the league in the last twenty years has has a story about playing against Chara. Do you have one that comes to mind at all? Uh just one that I remember. Like I was a five was three, and I took like a one timer from him right on my hand. I thought my hand was smashed, but I guess my hand's stronger than his shot because that wasn't even, it wasn't even broken. I opened oh, up good. my palm to block his shot. I, mean, I don't know why he would do that. It was just a reaction, I guess, but I just turned around and kind of went down on one knee and it hit my arm and I couldn't feel my, or my hand. So I couldn't feel my hand probably for like 10 minutes. It was like the end of the period. So I went to take x-rays and stuff. I thought it was broken for sure, but I guess I'm just, soft maybe i don't know but yeah it's <laughs> it, yeah it, it, that was one that stood out like uh, i remember still to this date but yeah i guess my, my, my hand must be stronger than his shot <laughs> when uh you know and i think when you guys were were kind of starting to put decent teams together with the islanders um one of the big things that was always talked about was could could the islanders be a good enough team or or you know be a draw for free agents and now you see Parise gets bought out and pretty much immediately goes and, and chooses the Islanders. And Chara had the whole offseason to choose his team and, you know, clearly picking a team that he wants to try to win a Stanley Cup with. And he chooses the Islanders, even with, um, you know, some of his history in the beginning of his career when the Islanders were terrible before your time. When you see when you see that happen, does that tell you as a player um, that, you know, if you were an Islander right now and those guys wanted to come, how how, you know, how much of a motivation, how much of a boost do you get knowing that this guy in Chara is definitely going to the Hall of Fame and Zach Parise might be going to the Hall of Fame, choose the Islanders to be a part of trying to win a Stanley Cup late in their careers? Yeah, I think that's what we talked about earlier. It's just teams are seeing how good they are, right, and their potential and that they just have been just like really close to taking the next step. And like you see by guys signing like that with some uh, – leadership and some experience and uh, hopefully they can help them out to get to that point right so and obviously the culture they built there they know what their expect expectations are um they're ready to win they want to win now so it's uh like i said i'm excited to watch them play and see what they can do um they've been in the mix every year the last few years here so now it's time to hopefully take the next step and like make a real push. Cause like, I, I still believe if they would have won that Tampa series last year, they would have won too. So again, it's going to be interesting. Obviously every year is different. It's a fresh start and you got to start off hard again and um, do it all over again. That's the thing. Nothing you did last year really matters, right? It's like, okay, you got to show it again. So 
Um, but I think those guys are ready. Uh, they're excited to get the season going with those guys coming in. I think there should be a pretty good buzz around Long Island and the team. And um, yeah, the fans definitely can be excited for this year, I think. You were, it was kind of the tail end of your time with the Islanders when uh, when they had Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock just turning pro, you know, kind of just starting out. I know, I don't know, even if you remember seeing those guys at camp, they were so young when you were kind of in the heart of your uh, your career. Do you remember much about them when they started out? And could you have ever thought that they would kind of emerge really as this incredible shutdown pair, one, maybe one of the best defensive pairs in the league? I remember a little bit, obviously, like you said, they were still young and like I couldn't really foresee what they've been doing, right? Like obviously, like you said, they became uh, some studs right now. They're doing an incredible job for the Islanders. So uh, I'm pretty confident they'll keep continue to do that this year. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good that they get some of those guys stepping up and building on their, on their game every year. Uh, obviously, Ryan has a pretty decent shot, remember? And penalty killing, we tried to take him away and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's gonna be exciting to see what the what these guys can do and if they can continue the trend of improving and um, stepping up their game. And a guy who you definitely played with, because I think anybody who was an Islander in the last twelve years or so played with him is Josh Bailey, who could get to a thousand games if he plays. I think pretty much the whole season this year, he'd get close, uh, and really he'd only be the second or third Islander in history to get to a thousand games. He's a guy who, uh, you know, I think he took a lot of shit back in the day because he was a high pick and, and people thought, you know, when he came to the league at eight, at 18, maybe that was a little early for him. But as a guy, I, and I can only guess, even when he was younger, that was as the same guy as he is now, now is the most seen, one of the more senior guys on the team. Did you see that potential in him to be, you know, a top six guy on a regular basis back then? And um, you know, just the way that he handled himself uh, with some of the fans that gave him a little bit of grief? I believe so, yeah. Um, like you said, I think he has changed as a guy. He always is a, quiet, a little bit quiet, but nice guy in the room. Like, he's been, he played well back then too. The only thing with him is like, he obviously got drafted high, like you said. And sometimes that becomes expectations or like people like looking at certain traits where he is for me not, the flashiest guy but he gets the job done right so he's just like smart he makes the smart plays and like puts up points so sometimes with people like they expect like those highlight real goals or highlight real plays where he's just a solid player like making his plays making a smart place and not and and i think it's what people always said right like he could have a really good game but then you want to see that every game but i don't think a lot of people don't appreciate the other parts of his game around it so it, it he's been around for a long time almost like you said playing a thousand games that takes a special player to be around the league that long so um i think he, from what i've been seeing he still gets some kind of some shit from fans so i don't know if i can <laughs> say that but you um, absolutely can here okay yeah like it's i mean like some people just ex expectations or i don't know what the expectations are to be honest so He's putting up points. He's being a leader on the team. He's being there for, like you said, the longest time probably. And like, um, yeah, I always appreciated what Bales was doing and how he's doing it and how he's like conducting himself on the ice and off the ice. So, um, yeah, again, he's going to be a, hopefully play a key role for them and um, keep playing like he's been playing the last couple of years. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. So for our last segment of Michael Grabner's first guest co-host show, which going great so far and i think we're pretty excited when there's going to be actual games to talk about this month um from your time in the even we can think about it overall in the league but specifically obviously this is the islanders podcast so you can think about it more from your time on the island who was the funniest guy that you played with on the islanders who was the guy that was kind of like the 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 class clown of the locker room i gotta look back we had a lot of like funny guys back in the day it just depends on what your <laughs> interpretation of funny is right like uh like karkner like the older guys back in the day like we had some great group of guys so for me it's tough to always pick out one person because most of the time like for me in a locker room it's not one guy it's like people feeding off each other right like one guy will say something stupid and then the guys jump in and it's just like kind of goes like around the locker room so for me like it's tough to pick a one funny guy like there's not some one guy usually standing in the middle just ripping up <laughs> jokes so it's like i said it's kind of just an atmosphere and like we had a great one back in the day where everyone got along and we had some great teams that i wish had more success because how close we are and we were so it's kind of tough to pick out but like there was definitely some fun moments in the room was uh was nabby one of the ringleaders back then nabby yeah he usually chimed in a little bit you know like with his little accent he has and the way he talks you remember him right like he was funny nothing really got to him much he was just like saying something just laughing in your face so <laughs> yeah he definitely was up there um and who uh who was the the best dressed islander on those teams who was the guy that really did went all out suit wise or just on the road um took the longest to get ready, that sort of thing, who was kind of the, the most, uh, the most, you know, fashion it's forward. It's tough. Guy. Like, we were also young. I feel like I wore <laughs> terrible clothes back then. Most guys were just sweatpants <laughs> and, like, sweaters or so up like you have high school kids, man. But probably the older guys, maybe Marty. Marty was into this kind of thing. You know, he still is. He likes his little getting dressed up and being all fancy and stuff. But back in the day, it was kind of, I don't know. Like I would love to see some pictures of guys showed up to rings. Like besides obviously the games, everyone wears a suit and stuff. But I, like I said, like I would just wear comfortable clothes. And I, from what I remember, most guys did. Like it was just like you wore them for like twenty minutes till you get out of them, anyways. So yeah, I I think I saw that your most recent team, the Coyotes, have kind of scrapped the suit thing and guys oh, are wearing, wearing what they, they want. Are you, are, do you, are you sad that you missed that era of, of oh, 100% because like, if you look at it, like all these other teams or not teams league, sorry, like they market players, right? If you want to get more marketing for the league and get more people drawn to it, that maybe don't know hockey. So like I get the professionalism behind wearing a suit, which is fine, but no one sees us in a suit. That's the thing. Like we're not really going around where people every like see you all day long in a suit. Like we go to the bus on the road, pull in the back door and walk in and three security guards see you, right? <laughs> but like for people taking pictures, like the NBA, they talk about it on social media all the time. Oh, did you see what this guy wore to the game and stuff? So that's where they 
to create some buzz around players and marketing their, their league, right? So hopefully that will generate some more interest, even, even more interest in hockey now and in the NHL by guys being able to express themselves in like closing, walking to the rink. Because you don't see that. Like everyone knows hockey guys were were suits to the rink and you see those pictures like floating around, but no one talks about it, right? Unless it's like some crazy suit, like what Basternak is doing. So, <laughs> but now with that, you can like kind of explore it a little bit, right? Like market players and like get some talk about hockey going and their styles. It might be terrible, who knows? But I, like I said, I wish I had that back in the day. Um, I don't know if you follow Robin Leonard at all on, on social media, but he's been pretty outspoken about uh, it, specifically the situation with his former teammate in Buffalo, Jack Eichel, and wanting to get a surgery. Um, when you see players that are currently playing speak out like that, it's very against what the NHL way is, which is to kind of keep your mouth shut and just do your job and follow along what everybody's saying. Do you like that? Do you like to see players expressing themselves or are you more in the camp of like, let's let's save that for another time or try to keep it private and have the Players Association and the league discuss those things behind closed doors? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, obviously, you don't really want to put any negative light towards the league and you're like, it's their livelihood, right? But I don't know where the line is about about keeping it behind closed doors when it becomes to a situation like this. I don't. I didn't really follow the Jake Jake Eichel thing, Jack Eichel thing. Sorry. Um, so I don't really know what's going on there. But if it's like starting to be like okay, making decisions on your body, what surgeries to take when you want to go a different route, then I don't know what really the the right thing to do is. So for me, it's it's, uh, it's like a double-edged sword right so like what do you what's really right or wrong i don't i can't really tell you but i think it takes people like him to speak out about certain stuff and like if you have an opinion um you should voice it you should be able to voice it right like anything in life so um that's that's how i would stand to it but again like it's i don't fault anyone for doing what they think is best would uh you know and i you know you had a couple of surgeries in, in your time in the league and and uh certainly plenty of encounters with medical staffs of various teams is is there kind of a not a discomfort but a, a desire uh, as you're going through this to say i don't you know i want to check this out on my own i don't know if this is the right thing or do you always you know is it just kind of players just say look the team doctors and the training staff have your best interest at heart they're going to do what's right for you um or is it just kind of people just sort of approach it from a different from all different perspectives um for me i didn't have any problems like i when i did my stuff like i always usually go to sick even my eyes i probably my eye went to see probably 12 different doctors i'm like hey i want to go see a different guy i want to see that guy my agent helped me like you know like you i had always looked at other people but i never had a problem of a team telling me i can't do certain things so i don't know like even with my surgery i flew to st louis to like get an opinion and a scan done and stuff and see what that guy says there um like the team sent me there but again if i yeah i don't know it's tough like i said i haven't experienced any of these things where i said hey i want to do a certain thing and then the team said no you can't or you shouldn't or something so like i said for my eye i don't know how many doctors i saw to be honest so and a lot of them it was just me saying hey i want to try to go to that doctor if i can get a different mm -hmm. opinion from him or what he says things i could do and they all said the same thing. So eventually I was like, ah, whatever. It must 
nothing I can do, obviously. So, but again, I don't think I can remember a time where a team told me I can't do something, right? Like, and I don't know if I would have listened anyways, right? If you say <laughs> I can't get a second opinion, I would just be like, I'm going to get a second opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. again, I don't know. I don't know the situation, what exactly is going on. I didn't really follow it. I just keep seeing his name in the news. So I don't know if he wants to get surgery or he does. I don't even know. So yeah, it's it's a complicated situation. But it's yeah, we you know as people on the outside, everybody's got their opinions. But it's always good to hear for people who have actually been through those situations with medical staffs and doctors and everything. So. Yeah. Um, Again, they're paying you all their money. And like, I don't know, like I said, I don't know exactly what even going on. If they're saying he doesn't need the surgery and he wants it and or, or vice versa. I don't know what's going on there. So I can't really weigh in on that exact situation and just say what I've been experiencing. So. All right. Well, we like that anyway. This has been great grabs. Uh, first one. I think you did great. I'm sure you're looking forward to being able to watch some actual regular season Islanders games and get back into the flow of things. So I'm excited for what's to come. I appreciate you coming on to start this off. Yeah. I'm going to dissect some stuff here. <laughs> Hopefully Marty or whoever's listening to this, you better play good. Cause I'm going to give my honest opinion. I hope I don't hurt any feelings. That's what we want. So thanks everybody for listening to no sleep till Belmont. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. If you're enjoying the show, that really helps us out. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can save 50% on an annual subscription to The Athletic when you visit theathletic.com slash Belmont. I'm Arthur Staple. That's Michael Grabner. We'll be back next week with more Isles Talk. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.